This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. There are legends around here. Who died in my G fucking king of the zombies? Even if only in their own minds. <laughs> Forgotten, but not yet dead. I want to play a game. Some have tried to stop them, but they keep coming back. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. Coming to entertain you. They are the Crystal Lake Soldiers. Welcome back to the Crystal Lake Soldiers Podcast. My name's Isaiah. Um, I am joined again this week by Andy from Dead in Santa Carla. Uh, as we're going to be talking Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. How are you doing, Andy? I'm doing great, man. Good to be back on and uh, talking about this um, just absolute beautiful piece of cinema that is Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. And you mean beautiful as in train wreck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Um, if you can make Paul Rudd terrible in your movie, you're probably not doing the right things. <laughs> probably not. Oh, my God. I, like I said in, in the Halloween 4 episode, this is kind of a guilty pleasure of mine, and I'll talk more <laughs> about that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we've been covering the Halloween series, reviewing each of the movies each week leading up to the release of Halloween Kills. Again, I will be doing a review on that uh, right after it releases, so be on the lookout for that, and we'll be finishing up the, the month of October with a Halloween rankings with, including Halloween Kills, so I'm super excited for that. I'm excited for that. Get out of here. I'm excited about that. That's <laughs> that's fun. I can't wait. Halloween Kills can't get here soon enough. Dude. I know. It's 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 right around the corner, but at the same time, it just feels still so far fucking away. I know. <laughs> but, I mean, we we got put off for a fucking year, so what's what's another few weeks? Yep. So I'm I'm so super pumped for that, though. But oh, yeah, I'm I'm ready. <clears throat> yes, <laughs> very much so. Uh, so we're t- once again we're talking Halloween Six: The Curse of Michael Myers this week. Last <laughs> week we obviously covered uh, Revenge of Michael Myers, which is uh, another train wreck in its own right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it, it, they had they they made some interesting sound effect choices. Um, they made some very interesting uh, location. Uh, film location choices mm-hmm. like you know i love how the uh myers home turns from a standard you know house to like a victorian mansion in part five but hey it works that's my biggest gripe with that fucking movie even more than the mask i mean the mask looks like a fucking alien number one and it looks mm-hmm. fucking oversized but the myers house that is not the fucking myers house. i mean that's just like look I, and I I mentioned this when I came on for H four, you know that's why the this new trilogy of the Halloween franchise um, is, is, is with David Gordon Green and Danny McBride kind of running that show. Yep. And, uh, uh, Blum Blumhouse on board. You know, you, you when you put competent people who care about the material and 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 care about details, you're usually going to get a good product. You might not be what he expected. and might not even like it that much, but at least it's a good product. This franchise, especially five and six, this is what happens when you're just 
essentially shitting out movies just to shit out movies and right. you're not paying attention to the detail and that's like there's no excuse for for that Myers house in part five i mean it's insulting to the audience you're lying to your audience i mean you you've got to <laughs> how they I, I i don't even know i would like to know when they said yeah we'll use that did they go didn't anyone go it looks nothing like <laughs> the Myers house right like, i it's, it's mind-blowing and then in this one while the mask we talked in part four we're not we're not fans of the part four mask and it gets even worse in part five this max i think this mask in curse of the michael michael myers is an improvement on four and five i will be honest this mask is my favorite myers mask it looks dope right it looks fucking menacing it's scary looking almost and it's, it's not probably, like there's anything about it to make it look scary, but just with the build of George P. Wilbur um, mixed with that mask, I mean, there's just something about that mask. It, it I, I don't know. I've always loved this mask. This has been my favorite mask of all of them for many years. You yeah, know? it's a good mask. I, I like this one, too. You nailed it. I think medicine is a good word to describe it. Mm. Uh, it, it. It is scary. The, he looks scary in this movie. Mm-hmm. And this movie has a couple good shots, um, especially of Myers. Actually, probably one of the best shots. Well, <coughs> I don't want to say one of the best in the franchise because there's a couple in part one that are just incredible. Right. But of the sequels, yeah, there's that there's that shot when when the lady's going through like the clotheslines and she pulls back like the sheet or whatever, and yes. there he is, and it, it's it's from her point of view, looking right up at him, and I think he's got like a crowbar or something. Oh, fucking axe! He's got the an axe. axe. Yeah, you're right, an axe. And gosh, such a great shot of such an iconic character. God, I had that that gift for the longest time, like back in the '90s AOL days. I downloaded yeah. that fucking GIF because that was one of the first things I found on America Online yeah. back in the yeah. day. I, I downloaded that fucker and had it. It's for a years. killer shot of him, man. Oh my god, I fucking love it. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, let's not waste any more time. Let's let's go ahead and talk about Halloween Six. But first, let's take a look at that trailer. Do you know why we celebrate Halloween? A long, long time ago, it was a night of great power. When the days grew short, all across the land, huge bonfires were lit. Oh, there was a marvelous celebration. And they dressed up in costumes, hoping to ward off the evil spirits, especially the boogeyman. All right, so Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers was released on September 29th, 1995. So this is about six years after the uh, the last one. Uh, this was directed by Joe Chappelle, and so he, he's done some movies, but he's been, also done a lot of TV. Uh, yeah, I actually, we actually talked about him on, on Santa Carla. I think, I want to say he directed, am I thinking right, Hell Resident? He was the replacement director on on Hellraiser Resurrection, I think. Is that accurate? Um, that's a good question. 
Uh, or not, 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 uh, not resurrection. Uh, <laughs> resurrection. Hellraiser, uh, the fourth one. Uh, oh, Bloodline. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe I got to mix up with someone else. Um, or he wrote it or something. I don't know. He. Hmm. That's a good question. Ah, uh, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm, I'm confusing him with someone else. But uh, yeah, it looks like uh, Curse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, he didn't do that one. Who okay. Do I have him. Who do I have him mixed up with? I don't know. But anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's all right. So uh, coming back, uh, obviously we got George P. Wilbur back as um, Myers for his second go around with this. Um, and then obviously joining him is Donald Pleasance in what would be his final uh, Halloween movie, unfortunately, with him passing away before the movie was released. And so this is his last go around as Dr. Sam Loomis. And obviously he's looking hella old in this one and um, yeah. definitely doesn't look at you know, top form as, as Loomis. But I mean, it's at least nice to have him in the movie. Um, hey, and, and, and he does a better job of acting than Paul Rudd in this movie. That's for sure. That's for fucking sure. And then speaking of, this is Paul Rudd's first movie that he actually filmed, even though it came out after Clueless, he filmed this before he filmed Clueless. So this is technically his introductory into films. So, um, so that's a nice little tidbit regarding that. And then you've also got Marianne Hogan, who plays the female lead. And then you've got Mitchell Ryan as Dr. Wynn, who was who a returning character from the original Halloween. So, yes. um, And so that kind of rounds out kind of the main cast. So it's it's got a fairly decent cast, even though the acting is kind of horrendous in the movie, especially with Paul Rudd. I mean, as much as I love Paul Rudd, I mean, he's a fucking fantastic actor, but obviously... Without trouble, this fucking movie was. It's it's not surprising that he comes out looking and sounding like he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. So, absolutely, yeah. I would say Paul Rudd is one of my favorite comedic actors actors of the last twenty years. I would say he's up there for me. I I love a lot of his movies. I love you, man. Uh, yep, uh, he's great. He's great as Ant Man, obviously. Um, he's even even in funny roles like forgetting Sarah Marshall. There's a line he says in that. He plays like that, like, like hipster fucking surf instructor and forgetting mm-hmm. Sarah Marshall. And he's got a line that says, when life gives you lemons, just say fuck it and bail. <laughs> <laughs> like Paul Rudd has got some of the best comedic time and timing out there. He's really extremely talented. And by all accounts, actually, I hear he's a very, very nice human being, too. Yeah. Uh, um. But he is, you know, he his comedic chops are top notch. This came out in 1995, and this came out the same year. Actually, he did Clu- uh, Clueless was released that year yep. too, and both of these were his first movies. So both both of his first films came out in '95, um, and yeah, <laughs> Mr. Rudd. I I mean, it could be part, you know. When an actor gives a bad performance, I, th- I think a lot of times directors will 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 shadow some of that blame for them. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, like he's pretty bad in this, and you and you feel bad because it's just obviously you know it was one of his first roles, if not his first, and like. <laughs> Like this, and he made some interesting choices. Like, 
Mm-hmm. And again, I, I got to believe that comes from a part direction too, especially with a guy, yeah. one of his first films. I'm going to almost guarantee the direction here was probably not very good either. Uh, I mean, like especially this- with how like the, the director and the producers and everybody was kind of bickering back and forth. I mean, this is such a fucking train wreck. I mean, it's not surprising no. if, if that played a lot into this and how he ended up portraying the character because he wasn't getting good direction because everything was getting, getting pulled every which way. Right. I mean, it's, you know, I, it, absolutely. And he, in, you know, again, Paul Rudd's a fucking stud. It just so happens like the monologue scene in this, just certain choices he makes. It's just, it's, it's such bad acting. It actually, it makes, and I feel bad, but I, I can't help but laugh. Like it's hilarious how serious he plays this over the top, mm-hmm. the over the top seriousness and almost, kind of kookiness yeah <laughs> choices that he made it's it's really bizarre like when he calls when he calls the radio station and gives that long monologue oh man it's it, it, it's 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 prime time must watch uh cinema for sure however <laughs> it's not very good no but i did but i enjoy it you know like, this movie's cool like we said the mask is cool I like that Michael's brutal in this. He is yes. fucking vicious in this, man. He's intimidating. He's imposing. Love that. Um, and then, you know, I at the end of the day, while Paul Rudd, just an inexperienced Paul Rudd, was not very good in this movie as his character, as, as Tommy Doyle, which is a returning character too. Um, it's still cool that there's a Halloween movie from the mid-90s with Paul Rudd that exists. Right. <laughs> like, it's funny that he's in this movie. it's 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 when he became famous and started to get a lot of roles i'm like oh my gosh that is the dude from that played tommy and fucking curse oh for sure yeah it's it's funny how it worked out but hey that's that's hollywood (laughs) that's that's for sure yeah so uh, like with this movie uh, because i've talked about like how i was introduced to um in previous episodes, I've talked about how I was introduced to Halloween two first before Halloween one. And then Halloween four kind of became my favorite sequel for a while. And then Halloween two two kind of took over that. So to kind of go along with that, like this was the first Halloween movie I actually owned. So right on. So I, I bought this VHS, um, when it first came out, um, I had my allowance and everything cause I was fucking 11, 12 years old when it came out on VHS. So I saved up my money. Um, I went out and fucking bought this on VHS. I watched the shit out of that tape. So that was the first one I actually owned without having to record it off a TV or something like that. So, and, um, you know, obviously with the theatrical cut, it's definitely more brutal than the producer's cut, which is a whole other topic in itself. Yeah. Um, so it's got the more vicious and bloody and gory kills in the theatricals, obviously with John's head fucking exploding, you know, being <laughs> yeah. thrown on that fucking box. Best fucking kill in the movie by far. Um, but yeah, so I mean, the, it was the very first movie I owned on, uh, or not very first movie, but first Halloween, Halloween. Movie, yeah. um, that I owned on, on VHS. And so that was kind of a prized possession. I, I, I honestly wish I still had that fucking tape just because of the, the nostalgia of it for me. But that's kind of where, um, for the longest time, uh, Curse of Michael Myers became... It, it kind of switched between the different movies. Like, I had my different phases where each one was kind of my favorite. 
outside of the ones that r- are really terrible, like Five, uh, Resurrection, and like the second Rob Zombie one. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so like this one was my favorite for a little bit too, just because of obviously owning the tape. And it was the first uncut um, Halloween movie yes. that I got to see, you know, because everything else was off of like USA and stuff like that. So everything was so edited down um, to not have anything. So. Yeah, so it was my first actual full R-rated, full uncut, full just balls-to-the-wall, gory Halloween movie that I got to see. So I fucking love the shit out of that. So that's that's kind of where it became kind of a, a guilty pleasure for mine, uh, just because of the nostalgia of it with that aspect. So is it a good movie? Hell no. It's not a fucking good movie by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> what do you mean? This is, a, <laughs> this is cinematic gold, brother. <laughs> but I, I fucking love the movie still, even to this day. I mean... Now, when I when I watch it now, um, I generally tend to go towards the producer's cut just because I kind of like the moodiness more than, per se, the gore and stuff. But at the same time, you know, with that, uh, I also prefer the theatrical the theatrical cuts uh, soundtrack in comparison to yes. the producer's cut because the producer's cut they went with more of kind of the standard Halloween kind of sounding soundtrack, whereas the theatrical. Had that fucking rock sounding Halloween music. I mean, Alan How Alan Howarth did a fucking amazing job at his in his last go around with the Halloween franchise with that. So, yep. um, yeah, the, the the music in the theatrical cut is so far beyond better than the producer's cut. So, um, yeah, I fucking uh, that's another sound that was uh, the first Halloween soundtrack I owned too was Curse of Michael Myers. I, I bought that shit as soon as it came out on CD. Yeah, um, no, I, I had this too because I, I my dad owned a video store, so I, I he first opened up when I was four, mm-hmm. and when this came out, I remember I was excited to see it because I saw this on the screener like three months before its release, and I felt special. Like, yeah, I felt, <laughs> yeah, I saw this on the screener VHS, and I had that screener VHS for the longest time. Uh, got lost in the shuffle somewhere in the last ten years or so, but right, know, yeah, I used to have that. You know who wrote this too, right? yeah this was this was his writing debut daniel ferens uh horror fans will know him uh if you i know i love him the death the the really good documentaries the never sleep um never sleep again yeah never sleep again which is the like a four-hour documentary on the nightmare franchise and then crystal lake memories which is like a seven hour and 50 minute documentary on the entire friday the 13th franchise those are great but in recent, those are phenomenal because he, he he directed those and mm-hmm. produced those. But in the last few years, he's had a few a couple movies that were very controversial. Yeah, um, uh, the Haunting of Sharon Tate and the Murder of Nicole Brown Simpson, where uh, it's like true crime meets a slasher film, mm-hmm. and he changed some things as well that didn't actually happen or speculation. Oh, that probably didn't happen. Yeah, they got a lot of backlash. They're not, they're terrible. Um, I watched them just to see what the fuck everyone was talking about. And yeah, it was, I could see, like, if you were like, I mean, I don't know Daniel Farrens. He's maybe he's a good guy. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But the, those two movies he wrote, ugh, it was very trashy. It's a shame because Never Sleep Again and Crystal Lake Memories are so fucking good. Right. D- d- he did such a great job on those. And then he kind of puts. I I never call someone's work garbage, but if you do something like that, I think it's garbage. And it's, it is. 
and the numbers on those movies it's not just me man like it's a lot of people that do not like these movies the murder of nicole brown simpson which came out in 2019 has a 2.2 rating on imdb holy shit that's pretty fucking Dude, when, when have you ever seen a movie uh you know 2.2 bro like like very rarely it's kind of like mina sarviri i think is the lead yeah she uh she was the nerd kind of you know the the choir girl from the american pie franchise yep uh american beauty she was in um nick stall's in it uh, oh wow Taren manning i mean he's got a few names in there uh and he wrote and directed or no he he didn't write it he just directed it um but that's just one example. Um, but yeah, he wrote this. This was actually, I believe, this was his first writing credit, I believe. I, I believe so. And what I think is also funny is that he's the one that suggested the name of Curse of Michael Myers due to the troubled production from this fucking movie, and they went with it. <laughs> Which is fucking hilarious. That's, that is pretty fucking funny. I mean, my God, I mean, when, when, you, when you look at it, like most of the cast and crew from this movie has basically disowned this movie. Because of the studio and the producers and the director, and just because oh, yeah. everything I mean, w- became so ridiculous, and it it ultimately resulted in the poorly crafted film that we have today, you know. Yeah, yeah, and this was the this was owned by Dimension at this time. Yep, and you know, which is the Weinstein's, and we all know what happened with them, or especially especially Bob, right? Um. <laughs> Like we have all that information, but you know, they made some good movies. They did. They produced a lot of good movies over the years, but what they did with these horror genres was so just, they were monopolizing horror IPs. It's what they were doing. Mm -hmm. That's what they were trying to do, but they failed miserably at it because they're fucks. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Cause they had Halloween and they had Hellraiser at the same time. Yep. Um, and we all know what happened to the Hellraiser franchise too. Uh, first two are great, and after that, man, don't they pretty much get worse with each one? And and some just really bottom out, unlike any other horror franchise I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'm getting at is like Dimension. They didn't give a fuck about these movies. They didn't put the right. Pe- they didn't take the time to. Because the Dimension was uh, a division, the horror division, essentially of um, Miramax. Yep. Right. Yeah. So whoever was running that show there and greenlighting these and, and hiring directors and writers and taking scripts and picking the scripts and and getting shit done like that, they didn't do very good at their job. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is a is a very, very prime example. And as you refer to, you, you got more on that issue with the production, a lot of the issues. Um, so like one of the biggest things that kind of sticks out from that is that like D- Daniel Farron's original script was actually more moody and psychological, uh, than the, what we ended up with the pile of shit we ended up with. Um, and after, uh, reading the script, like one of the execs from a dimension couldn't even sleep, I guess, afterwards. And actually that was the main selling point for Donald Pleasance to actually sign on to do the movie was that original script that was more moody and more psychological. And that's where you kind of see some of that in the producer's cut, but it's not really what it originally was. So yeah. it would have been more interesting to see what would have happened if they wouldn't have fucked with this as much as they did. Because, I mean, ultimately, like, the producer's cut is a better film, but that's like putting fucking makeup on, on a turd they're, or polishing a turd, you know? Yeah, they're, they're both terrible. Yeah. 
it's it's just that one is slightly less terrible um and it was closer to the original vision than what we got for the theatrical cut and it's just a bummer that you know you had especially like donald pleasant sign it and signing off to do it which would ultimately be his fucking last role and it turning into the turd that we got you know and him supporting the original script and then they they start making the film and they find out oh it's being rewritten so yeah, it's it just sucks, I and mean, just the meddling between the studio and the producers. Uh, everybody's just how much of the up. Thorn shit was was Farron's going to run with in the original script? Do you know? I okay, so I I originally had a copy of like one of the earlier scripts. I, I don't know if it yeah. was like the original one. I still remember like the Thorn stuff being pretty prevalent, but um. But we're talking twenty years ago that I last had yeah, this fucker. I I am not a fan of the Thorn plot mm-hmm. subplot subplot I should say. Never been a fan. Don't like it. So you're telling me this whole time Michael was in a cult, bro? Is, right. Is, is, is that what is that what they're telling me here? Pretty much. And that the OG fucking doctor from from the hospital that that was yelling at Loomis to say he can't drive or whatever he right. says. That guy is the leader of this said cult. Pretty much. Yeah. The story is just... It's very far-fetched. <laughs> very, very far-fetched. It's, it's, it's awful. It's, 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 I'm sorry. I hate calling things awful, but it's not good. But at the same time, just because a script's awful and a movie's awful doesn't mean you can't get enjoyment out of it. Right. There, there, there's plenty of good enjoyment. <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, I I think I, <laughs> I there was a reason that this it, this killed a timeline, man. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Buried it six feet under, locked up the casket, and fucking put down the tombstone. It was it was good night to this timeline. <laughs> pretty, pretty fucking much. I and and rightfully so, and that's usually how it happens. You you just you know I come back all the time. Movies aren't easy to make, man, and only you know it's a lot of times it's I think it's right fits, right people, mm-hmm. and right timing. Um, but yeah, the, whoever was calling the shots, <sighs> even just developing in the early stages of developing this movie, literally had no clue how to continue the story of Halloween and Michael Myers. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is, this is the thorn plot to me just kind of just undoes a lot of cool shit. Right. I don't know if you feel that way, but I, feel um, that way. so like I said in, in the Halloween four episode, I, I am, I'm actually kind of a fan of the thorn, um, <laughs> subplot with this. You got, you're going to get a tat. You got the tattoo on your wrist. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't. But do it. Um, you get one, and I'll get it too. <laughs> I, I I don't know. It's because I, I I like because you know you can only do kind of the same thing so many times, and yeah, they were trying to add to the mythology of everything, and which I understand. Um, and could they have done it better? Fuck yes. I mean, there's they could have <laughs> did so much better with this. But at at the end of the, at the end of the day, um, I, I do enjoy the the time or the the storyline with it even though it gets way too muddled in this movie and just kind of a little too far off the rails, I do like kind of where they were going with it. I just wish it would have been executed better. And, uh, you know, ultimately that's just comes down to the 
bad management of the fucking movies, you know, especially of five and six, because they had yeah. such a great start with four, um, with bringing it back, and then it just kind of dropped from there. Dimension, Dimension made some good, decent stuff. Scream being one of them. Yep, um, that's more than decent. I would call that great. So it's not like Dim- every movie Dimension made, um, was not good, but the fact remains. That that division of Miramax Dimension absolutely completely buried two franchises, yep. two two huge horror franchises that being Hellraiser and Halloween, completely bagged them and killed them. And then we get for, for, for the next two, Dimension would still do. I, I want to say, yeah, Dimension was H two O and Resurrection as well. Um, because I think this was their first one, right? Yes. Yes, this was the first one, Cursed. And yeah, I mean, let's face it. Let's see what they did. H two O is not H two O. I will say this: H two O is the best Dimension Halloween film made. Oh, I agreed one hundred percent. I mean, for God's sakes, we're comparing this to Curse and Curse and freaking uh, Resurrection, which are probably the bottom two in the franchise for me. Yeah, those are my bottom. Those are the bottom. Those are the worst two in this. Well, weren't the weren't the zombie ones dimension also? The zombie ones, which one? Both of them weren't they both dimension? They might have been. I can't recall. I actually, I think they are. Yeah, they are. They okay. are. I believe they are. So yeah, I would forgot about that. Yep, they did do. They did. They were the studio that produced those. Okay. Yes. Um, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm I'm about a hundred percent. I'm not hundred percent positive. Yeah. This is about ninety five percent positive. But that's a, they had some hits, obviously, like right. Scream, and I even like the, the the those Rob Zombie Halloweens. At least they made money. Um, and I like the first one of those anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's the best one. I I like the Rob Zombie one better than H two O myself. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, I don't even think it's close. Um, but the fact that you have that on your resume, man, for literally, I mean, that's what they were doing. They were just trying to, they, they were trying to acquire them all, man. Yep. That was the, that was their goal. They were going to, they were going to go get Freddie. They were going to go get Jason and they were going to make, they, you know, they envisioned like, you know, the old universal monsters kind of, but through dimension. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously that never materialized because they fucked <laughs> like what they did to Hellraiser, my goodness, man! They they slit Hellraiser's throat, then stomped on their neck, and then wrapped a rope around them and hung them. That's what that's literally what they did. That's what they did to the Hellraiser franchise, man. Have you seen some of those? Have oh, you I've, seen? I've I've seen all of them. <laughs> oh, same. It's really, and I'm a huge, huge fan of the original Hellraiser, and I like Hellbound a lot too, Part Two. Yep. Um, but even three, I'm not, I'm not really a big fan of it's, it's just bizarre, but, uh, no, I, I think it, it's, there was just whoever was running the show on this one, man, they, they, they blew it. They, they absolutely, whoever dimension really was in charge of developing this from the start. Absolutely blew it <laughs> and, and, and killed and killed a pretty great franchise for a, for a handful of years. Oh, definitely. But hey. <laughs> but hey, you know what are you gonna do? I, I I'm not a big 
14 year old andy thought this movie was weird dude yeah i thought <laughs> like like i was like man this is fucking weird literally me at 14 this is fucking weird i didn't understand it even at 14 because mm-hmm. it is weird would you would you would you agree with that too? oh this is for sure this is, this is i mean well rob zombies halloween 2 it might be the weirdest in the franchise but this definitely was before that and it still might be even more than than zombies part two mm-hmm it's fucking weird. This movie's strange, bro. Well, I mean, you got the whole incest thing, you know, underlying between yeah. Jamie and fucking Michael. I mean, having his fucking baby. I mean, that's that's fucking weird right there. And that they put that out there right at the fucking beginning. Oh yeah. First few minutes. <laughs> you get hit with that. Oh really weird. Really yeah. bizarre. Best thing about this movie though is Michael. Oh, for sure. The look, everything is it, it, everything. He looks great in this movie. Such so much better than part four and part five. <laughs> Agreed. That that that's probably the only thing that for me that they got right in this movie. Mm-hmm. Do you know Howard Stern was supposed to be in this movie? He was yes. almost in. He was almost in this movie. You want to tell that story if you know it? Mm-mm. Go ahead. No, I, I I the the radio guy in the movie. They, they, Howard Stern almost did this. They met with Howard Stern to play that part, which is How fucking funny. wild. <laughs> Howard Stern was almost in this piece of shit. We'd look, hey, Paul Rudd was. Why might as well throw Howard in too? <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they had a couple things with this that they did right. I mean, number one, this is the the one Halloween movie that they actually filmed in the fall. So they actually had it filmed during when it should have been filmed. So not having to use yeah. all these fake-ass leaves and having to clean them up and then reuse them and all that. No, they filmed during fall. This was, uh, at the time, this was the, the one Halloween entry that was actually filmed during the correct time period. Right on. Um, number two, uh, we kind of uh, talked a little bit about the, the Myers house, you know, because part five, they fucked that up so badly. At least in this, it semi-resembled the Myers house. Obviously, it wasn't the same house, but, I mean, for filming it, you know, um, 17, 16, 17 years after the original um, and having something that looks at least semi-similar is a step up, in my opinion, compared to what the <laughs> bullshit that they pulled in Part 5. You <laughs> what know? is that thing? God. He literally looks like a creature from another planet. He does. <laughs> well, that is this movie is always always weird to me. That's mm-hmm. the best way I can describe this movie in my first impressions the first time I saw it. Right. I just thought it was weird and 14-year-old Andy knew it wasn't good either. And like I and I was right, it's not very good. But you you seem to be a huge fan of it. I wouldn't say huge fan. As a, as a kid, <laughs> yes. As a kid, yes, for yeah. sure, I was a fucking yeah. huge fan of this movie. Yes. Um, as I've gotten older and more wiser and experienced more with the Halloween franchise, it's definitely not my favorite. I still enjoy watching it. Um, I have fun watching Don't it. Wor- Don't worry. Seven-year-old Andy thought Jaws the Revenge was, was one of the best movies he'd ever seen. <laughs> I love it. Fuck, that's the first Jaws movie I ever saw was Jaws the Revenge. It was not the first I saw, but... Uh... Yeah, I was. I remember I liked Jaws: The Revenge when it came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Now, the one thing I will say with with the uh, with this movie, um, especially going back to the kills, because obviously John's kill in the in the basement is my favorite of the of the movie, but Jamie's death in the theatrical cut is so fucking vicious. It is when she gets thrown on the farm equipment and that fucker turns it on, just rips her inside out. Oh my god, it's so good. Because like the the producers cut, obviously she gets just killed in the fucking hospital instead. You know, she gets stabbed, right. which is so like, oh, that's how she dies after the last two movies and her coming to near death like how many times, and then she just easily gets that killed that easily. That's kind of fucked. Lame. I know. I know this story sucks, bro. It really fucking does. It's, it's absolutely, it's, 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 it it undoes something from part five, part four, part two, and part one. It undoes a little bit of every, a little bit of something from all those films. Pretty much. (laughs) I mean, cause then you have the whole thing with, uh, Daniel Harris, you know, the, basically the producers not wanting to pay her what she thought she was worth to come back to do the role, you know, um, and I think it was like five thousand dollars is what she wanted, and they wouldn't even pay her that to come back, you know, which was stupid. And so they obviously cast this because it, it's pretty simple, Isaiah. They didn't care exactly. <laughs> Fuck, <laughs> they didn't care. It's so maddening to think because I mean they brought in this new girl, nobody knew who the fuck she was. Um, so it's not Danielle Harris. So it's not. It doesn't feel like fucking Jamie Lloyd, you know? Nope. Nope, not Just, at all. Yeah, that's like one of the the biggest negatives I have with this fucking movie is, number one, Jamie Lloyd gets killed off in the first, like, 15 minutes, and then it's somebody completely different, not even the same fucking person playing her. <laughs> so fucking aggravating. You'd be happy to know that they ditched the Victorian mansion in this one. Right? Yes. <laughs> that made me somewhat happy. <laughs> Good lord! Yeah, this uh, it, it's pretty simple. Um, this is what happens when you have someone who owns an IP, uh, the rights to an IP like this, and mm-hmm. is developing material from it, and they don't care, or you know, they just they don't care. That's <laughs> basically don't. what it is. They they don't care, man. Uh, it's it, it's more. I think probably speaking out of turn here but i'm probably not too far off i mean like the weinstein motherfuckers part of them just it was ego i'm sure trying to acquire all these iconic ips to you know what i mean right. just to have them on their belt I, that, that's what it seemed like they wanted more for that than anything because the movies they the people they put in charge to develop these movies absolutely ruined two franchises yep two not one but two and this movie has so many loose ends. Like, and I'm not even a loose ends person in the story. If you tight, it's hard to hard. It's really hard to put a really tight story on screen. But my goodness, man, this movie's all over the fucking place. Then I got Paul Rudd running around saying God knows what, talking why God knows why he's talking the way he's talking. Fucking Loomis has just reached a bowling point. P- poor, poor Donald Pleasance passed not too long after this. Yep. Uh, he's fucking all batshit crazy in this, all fucking weird. Just weird. This movie's weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm supposed to believe that the a doctor from part one essentially is a cult leader. It just doesn't make any sense. 
It's it's goofy. It's just piss poor management of this whole movie and production all around. It it really is. I mean, you got fucking druids everywhere just coming out of nowhere. <laughs> fucking kidnapping people. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's got yeah. some cool visuals, though. I will give it that. It does. It, it does have it some does cool that. visuals. Especially when they go back to Smith's Grove at the end, you know. Um, yeah. Like that whole hallway chase scene um, that they added in, at, you know, in, in, in post uh, to get something else in there like that that scene looked cool um even th- there's a lot of tension in the, in that last you know portion of the movie with them being locked up in smith's grove and stuff and then you've got um tommy trying to get uh kara out of the fucking cell that she's locked in you know using that fucking yep. fire extinguisher while michael's coming just slowly towards him it's fucking it's like gets your anxiety going it does no and i think while this movie is very weird and it's right there with rob zombie's halloween 2 is the weirdest in the franchise it's mm-hmm. it's, it's it's ultimately probably a tie between the two. Oh, I for mean, sure this one this one's got thorn tattoo and cult coldest in this in it the zombie's got fucking mom's ghost on unicorns and shit so <laughs> there, there's some weird shit to go around in both rob zombie's halloween 2 and then Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers, which we're talking about. Yep. Uh, it's it like that weirdness. While it do, while it is obviously weird, it kind of adds this eerie layer to this movie because this movie is like really. I do like. You're right. This movie does have some good visuals because this movie is like very dark. Mm-hmm. Doesn't the movie feel dark? Like yes. extremely dark, and then the weirdness is happening, and it kind of combined with the darkness and the lighting and how this movie shot kind of a gloominess kind of filter this movie has. Yep. Uh, when you kind of mix those together, it kind of makes it more suspenseful and terrifying, mm-hmm. which let's face it. We love Halloween four, but I don't know if we think it's super scary. No, definitely right. not. I mean, it's that one definitely has its moments too. Yeah. Like, like with this one, one, one thing that this movie does do very well is there are some very good suspenseful moments. Like, when yes. when Danny goes across the street from Tommy's house back to the Myers house when after Michael kills um Tim and his girlfriend you know um and you you see Tom or not Tommy but Danny walking back over and then the care's got to go after him and then her getting back over there and having to walk through the house not knowing if Michael's going to pop out of anywhere and then obviously the body starts showing up and then you got the chase scene you know, after she finds Danny and Michael shows up and then that whole thing happens and going back across the street, trying to get back in the house. It's like, there's a lot of good like tension in, 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 in this movie at, at the right places too. Um, so that is one thing that, you know, for as much of a shitty movie as it is, that's one thing that this movie does very well is there's a lot of good tension in the right places. Yeah, no, it's it, it's it comes back to what I was talking about. Just the environment in this it, the movie feels weird. It's it's way weird. It's a lot more weird than any Halloween movie you had seen up to this point. Mm-hmm. And and it kind of does, though, at the same time, create an environment that is definitely creepier than it's than some of its predecessors. Yeah. But so it's the combination of Michael one just looking really intimidating, the mask looking. Uh, menacing as you said 
combat that with this just again just really strange weird tone in this movie that's very the movie's dark it does it it, it is creepy they they succeeded there i will yeah. see, you can find good in just about not it's hard to make fucking movies amazing it ain't easy making movies so you know you can even find good in, in a very subpar sequel in a horror franchise. Yeah. Like this. No doubt. No doubt about it. Jaws of Revenge, man. I love listening to Mario Van Peebles' really bad Bahamian accent. Come on. <laughs> Fucking love that, man. So good. Hey, Jake. No, it's great. It's pretty good. But I will. Uh... No, I, I, I. Yeah. I've never. I'm not going to lie. I have never been a fan of this movie. I did not like it when I was 14. Mm-hmm. I still don't. But I'll watch it every now and then because it is. I've, I've probably gained a little bit more. It, it's one. It's funny to watch Paul Rudd because I because it's the Paul Rudd we know now, and we've seen so much of good Paul Rudd. It's just funny to watch him in this movie, right? <laughs> and uh, you get a really badass Michael Myers. So you know, if you if you're signed up just to see some pretty pretty cool kills and a pretty vicious Michael, this is probably an installment that you might enjoy too. Actually, yeah. No, for sure. Uh, now, uh, just a couple more things I wanted to touch on with the movie. So, uh, obviously, we have the whole Danny kind of side storyline going on where he's, you know, hearing the voices and whatnot and basically telling him to kill and, and all this. So, they're trying to play it up like he's supposed to be, like, the next Michael. Um, yeah. You know, that he's going to end up hearing the voices like Michael did when he was a boy and end up killing people and all that. So, I, I don't know. That kind of, like was unneeded i think i mean in a in a in a in a movie where a lot of shit was unneeded that's just another thing that's fucking unneeded yeah i think this movie as a whole was pretty unneeded pretty much pretty much. i mean let part five nail the coffin in don't don't fuck i mean they literally ripped the hammer out of fucking part five's hand to nail the coffin that mm-hmm. nails down in the coffin pretty pretty much oh. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, Let Michael die already. Yeah, no kidding. So uh, looking at the ending of this movie, because now the theatrical versus the producers, because the producers cut, the ending was fucking straight up trash. Like the theatrical had definitely the better ending. Like Michael getting the shit kicked out of him with that fucking lead pipe and just being left for dead. I thought that was like a great ending. And then him obviously disappearing without the mask to to kill Loomis at the end, I thought was the perfect ending, especially with Donald Pleasant's dying. Because obviously they changed it from the producer's cut. Because the producer's cut, you had fucking stones stopping him dead in his tracks, yeah. you know. And yes. then fucking uh, Doctor Wynn switching clothes with Michael so he could escape, and then passing the curse off to Loomis and everything. That was it. Was such a shitty ending, you know, and. Definitely the better ending is in the theatrical cut, no no Agreed. doubt. Um I completely agree. But I mean that that whole la- that goes back to my talking about with the that last part of the movie, like the, the tension in that uh theatrical cut in that last third of the movie at Smith's Grove was just so good. Probably the is for sure the best part of the movie in my opinion. And just because of the tension and just kind of everything with it and just kind of the viciousness of it, too, um, between Michael and then Paul Rudd just kicking the shit out of Michael at the end. So everything about it, I, I thought, was makes makes the movie for me and still is, like, 
so good, I think, in my opinion, with all the other trash going on in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would probably, jeez. It's definitely in the bottom three, maybe even bottom two in the franchise for me. Mm-hmm. I might give this a spot. I we ranked him, and I don't even remember. I I did a we did a ranking show last October, mm-hmm. and I don't even uh, I don't even remember. I know my bottom three were in in some particular order: Resurrection, Part Six, and Zombies H Two. Those were yeah. my bottom three, but I can't remember. Damn, can't remember. Well, no, I might have put H three bottom three actually. So I'm not a fan of that either. I might have had this fourth to last. I don't know. I don't like this movie though. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I know. All I can tell you that th- this movie just uh, it it just goes too far off the rails, man. Like, sure. Just at least with the Fridays franchise. Jason just came back to kill motherfuckers for mama, you know? Right. He, he got resurrected by lightning or electro- electrocuted, whatever. Uh, just to see him hack up some motherfuckers in the woods is all we really wanted. They never really took that path with this. They tried to get really, they tried to write a story and take it somewhere else. And it was just a terrible, terrible idea. I know you, I, I know you, you, I don't think you feel the same way I do about the thorn subplot but yeah i'm not a the cult thing no No. (laughs) i i do and i mean like i i'm not opposed to cult things but to take michael myers into that realm is just bizarre to me it's just bizarre it's a bizarre choice to take to take this franchise and character nope i i definitely hear you on that i mean and obviously it's it's definitely not a lot of people's go-to when they want to think of halloween so i totally get it so with all that being said, because I, I don't really have much else to say about it. It's a pretty shitty movie. What would you rate this out of five? <laughs> out of five? Um, one and a half out of five. It's got a, it, it's got a little bit of watchability because, like I said, it's, it's got Paul, Paul Rudd in the very beginning of his career in a very role that you would never think really to put Paul Rudd in. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> definitely not. And uh, you get a really cool Michael in this. Yeah, uh, he's great, vicious as fuck, man, ferocious. Uh, yeah, and it's fun to watch for those reasons. And it's that's where the fun is in is in is in this movie. That's where the fun is. Uh, and like you said, it it's eerie and scary. There's really good suspenseful shit in here. And they had that that is one area of the movie that they did execute well, the suspense side of it. They yeah. actually did they do make you on the edge of your seat a couple times. But yeah, one and a half for me. All right. Perfect. And I would rate this probably two out of five uh for myself because like like I said, I, I enjoy this movie. It's still a fucking turd, no matter how you put it. The every all the meddling and shit just really fucked this whole movie over. And unfortunately it was Donald Pleasance's last role as Loomis and it's sad that he had to go out on this one. But <laughs> you hate to see it folks. Yeah, you hate to fucking see that. But like I said, I love the fucking music in this. I love the tension. I love the suspense in a lot of this. They at least got the Myers house for the most part right. <laughs> you know? So not a vic- not a Victorian mansion. No, fuck that. And obviously like I said, I fucking love 
this mask, and this mask is my favorite. Even out of all of them, including the 2018 one, this is still my favorite fucking mask. It's it's what I consider Michael Myers to look like outside of the original, because that's just iconic, no matter what you say. So, um, but yeah, so this is my favorite Myers mask out of all of them, and my favorite Myers look overall, and. Lots of cool visuals, just shitty, yeah. shitty, shitty everything else because of <laughs> everything that happened behind the scenes that caused this movie to fucking fail. So that is what I have to say about that. And I would also love to know what you guys think. Feel free to reach out through social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at CLS Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We will be continuing on next week with Halloween H20 from 1998, uh, the first Halloween movie I have to see in the movie theater, so that should be interesting to talk about. And uh, if there's nothing else, uh, Andy, again, I want to thank you for joining me for this episode too. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me, brother. Appreciate you, friend. Not a problem. I appreciate you back, and I will see you guys next week. This episode of the Crystal Lake Soldiers podcast is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Check us out at www.clspodcast.com or join in the conversation on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at CLS Podcast. Until next time. Stay safe, campers.